It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie now I want to go back to COVID-19 and its potential impact on schools. I'm joined on the line now by Councillor Maria Doyle, who's a teacher at CBS Primary in Dundalk and is the lead worker representative in the school and is working closely with management on COVID guidelines. And we're also joined on the line by Councillor James Byrne, who's a secondary school teacher of business, accounting and mathematics at the Sacred Heart School in Drogheda. Uh, Maria, I'll start with you first. Uh, You're in the CBS Primary in Dundalk. Uh, Will you just Explain what you're doing to ensure that when uh, pupils return to school, that uh, they have, um, they will have, if you like, the maximum safety in terms of the potential spread of the virus. Uh, good morning, Ken. I suppose we are doing what all the other schools, primary schools, are doing, in so in that we are following the the COVID guidelines for return to schools. We're following them as closely as we can. We're implementing the measures that are outlined there and and, and the staff and uh, in particular the school management have been working you know, solidly for the last few weeks to ensure that as much of those guidelines, that they follow those as closely as possible. Um, as lead worker representative, um, I suppose my role will be, particularly as we return to school, to work with school management and to work with the other staff members to ensure that we continue to follow those guidelines, and I suppose the main um, the main role of the lead worker representative is to take any issues that the staff have that they're concerned about to school management, and to work in collaboration with management to ensure that maybe um, any you know that those issues are dealt with. So it's it's really just a it's a new role. Every school will have one, and um, I'm I'm doing it along with another another uh, teacher and another staff member. So it's just to to, to help out really. So we're doing everything we can. It's it's as you've been discussing, um, it's it's new for us all. But I think every school is going to really do whatever they can to make sure that it's safe for us. To yeah, in terms of space, I mean, do you have sufficient space? And in what way will life be different in your school than it was, we'll say, at the beginning of March? Well, life certainly will be different, and it'll be getting used to the new routines and the new habits um, that we haven't had to do before, in particular hand washing. And of course, these these new uh, routines and habits will take a considerable amount of time um, during the school day. So that's a concern. But uh, in terms of distance, I'm, I'm lucky in, uh, that the school that I teach in is, is quite a big school. We have quite a lot of space. We have uh, had a new extension built a few years ago, so we have quite wide corridors and so on. 
um, or we have outdoor space. But of course, as has been highlighted throughout the last couple of weeks and, and months, every school is different. Every school has, is a, you know, there's a big difference between a large town urban school and a small country school, you know, in terms of the, the size of the classrooms, how old the school is. Um, you know, we, of course, we have we have issues and we're trying to, to manage those. And we're trying to, to keep the children in the pods and so on. And because it's a large school, you know, there are issues with, with making sure children uh, enter and exit the school safely. But every school is looking at their own in particular circumstances and trying to, to implement the guidelines based on their own circumstances. OK, I'll move to uh, James Byrne. Uh, James, the Sacred Heart uh, Secondary School in Drogheda is opening next week. What have you had to do or what way is life going to be different in the Sacred Heart from next week onwards uh, to ensure that uh, pupils are safe and that parents have nothing to worry about? Well, Ken, um, there's been a lot of work going on at our school and I'm sure schools across the country over the last four weeks. I'd just like to start by commending school management across the country and the, the COVID lead representatives uh, on this because the, the reopening roadmap was only issued on the 27th of July, I believe, and schools had literally four weeks to do whatever it takes to get the schools reopened. And as Maria said there, like she, she's right in saying that every school is different. And in our school, we have difficulty with space, um, classrooms of varying sizes, narrow corridors. And, you know, one of the things we're doing is actually uh, converting the, the cafeteria and the library, for example, into into large classrooms and separating them uh, using, um, you know, partitions. I know that that's a, an ugly word at the minute, but that's the reality for schools uh, like ourselves where, you know, that the summer rooms are just simply too small and the plan will be to put the, the larger classes into into the cafeteria and the library as a bit. Right. So will the canteen or cafeteria, will it function as has been the case in the past or will it be a case of students or pupils will have to bring in their own lunches? That's exactly it, Can The cafeteria facilities are suspended uh, to further notice. Um, they may not return for the year. I suppose we just have to see how things work out, but but for now, the cafeteria will be used um, for teaching and learning. And I suppose one other um, use of the cafeteria in our school would be for the, the morning assemblies, uh, full school assemblies. That will be done remotely. And so that the students will be in their classes and they'll be participating uh, remotely using technology. Um, can I come back to you, uh, Maria? Um, what sort of feedback are you getting from parents who have concerns about the new, if you like, teaching environment? Um, well, I suppose I'm a teacher and a parent. Myself, I have a child in secondary school and one in primary school. So I suppose I share a lot of the concerns that parents have. And they're, um, we're all anxious because it, 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 we're going into new territory that we haven't been into before. But um, I think all the schools have sent information and it's quite thorough to parents, which hopefully will have alleviated some of their worries. Um, I would urge parents, you know, to, to contact schools if they have particular concerns. And um, But I, I think, and as, as, as you were talking earlier with, with Marie also, Ken, I think it's, we have to just wait and see. I think that's what Marie said um, earlier. And um, I think that... It, you know, once we get back and once we're back into our routine again and this becomes, as we keep saying, the new normal, then we, we'll all feel a little bit more comfortable. But everybody's apprehensive at the start. I mean, I mean, both James and I are county councillors. We're back to, to doing our council work, have been doing our council work throughout the, the shutdown. 
and um, our meetings were online for a while, but now they're back face to face. And I was a bit apprehensive about that at first. But once I saw the systems that were in place and felt more confident going into that environment, then the worries I had were alleviated. So hopefully that will be the same with schools too. Yeah, Maria, I referred to a story uh, that uh, Marie Kearns and myself were discussing earlier on about an outbreak of COVID-19 in a school in Dundee in Scotland where the staff got the virus and indeed uh, the pupils as well. So parents might be wondering, you know, are all the guidelines safe enough? Will the movement of uh, pupils up and down corridors, whatever, will it be done in such a way that it'll be managed whereby every evening when pupils go home from school, they will be COVID-free? Well, I don't think anybody can guarantee that, Ken, and I think that is what we all realise now that, as as, as the acting uh, CMO said, we have to live with the virus now, and that includes schools too. All we can do is the best we can. All we can do is eliminate as many risks as we can or reduce those risks. No, absolutely, schools couldn't guarantee anything because we can't guarantee it in our lives. We can't guarantee when we go shopping, even if we take as much care as we can, that we won't contract it. But we will do our utmost, we'll do our very best. And one of the most important things I think we have to remember is that is staff and teachers and other staff, SNAs and ancillary staff and pupils, that if you have any symptoms that you you don't come to school. And I think that is, is going to be really important because that is how we will probably keep it out of the schools as much as possible. So, no, it's not risk-free, but it's to keep the risks as low as as possible. James, I'll come back to you, and I don't know if you're in a position to comment on this by virtue of the fact that you're a Fianna Fáil councillor in one uh, context, but you're also a secondary school teacher in in another. Uh, We had a lot of debate on this programme over the last number of days about the whole school bus scenario and the fact that school buses um, can only take 50% occupancy and that uh, students have to be in school by a particular time. They can't be in an hour earlier than they should because they can't be hanging around. How do you think uh, that problem is going to be handled, firstly, by uh, the government and secondly, by the schools? Well, Ken, there's potential chaos, there's no doubt. That's the the bottom line on this. Um, I know our own schools, um, our own school of Sacred Heart, have delayed the opening time each morning uh, by up to half an hour. So the students cannot access the building until half eight. And from experience, some buses would have dropped the students off even before eight o'clock in the past. So how that works out in, in you know, practical terms, like this, because the students won't be able to congregate and school doors and that, how that works out, I suppose, will have to be teased out by, by management and, and first instance. But in terms of the, the capacity on, on the, the buses, I mean, um, we, we put in bike racks, but... The reality is, like, we don't have proper cycle lanes in the town. It's, it's not safe for students to cycle. Some will walk. But certainly from our point of view, it's a concern because the majority of students would be relying on the buses or, or private transport. And I, I don't have an answer as to how that's going to work out. And certainly the private bus operators are very concerned. And I, I, I really think that the government needs to step up to the mark here and provide more solutions uh, and extra funding because I, I simply can't see it working uh, at the minute uh, without parents or, you know, basically uh, private um, drop-offs and collections actually uh, increase. Maria, if I can come back to you and I'll put the same question to James. Um 
I suppose a lot of parents will want to know, will the whole teaching process change? In other words, uh, will you be doing things this time round come next week that you haven't done in the past? Or will there be things you've done in the past that you won't be doing from next week onwards? Uh, yes, I would I would imagine so. And, and that is probably the pity of it, really, that we have to change some of our current practices and teachers nationwide. Um, I mean, one thing, as I mentioned earlier, there will be a particular amount of time that we'll have to go into to hand washing and so on. But hopefully we'll try and we'll get better at that and, and, and that will speed up the process. But there's, there's certain things that, uh, you know, like um, uh, subjects that might require a lot of equipment, um, uh, that would be need to clean to be cleaned after every child had used it. So there might be changes there, and also, um, particularly in primary school, in 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 the infant end of primary school and throughout primary schools, we, we would sing a lot and so on, and, and those things might have to be restricted too because of of um, risks. So yes, I would say our teaching date will change, but we will do our utmost to to ensure that um, we we try and continue it as close as possible as to what we used to do. I'm a special education teacher currently and I would like to think that I'd be able to deliver um, my lessons to the children that I take uh, as well as I can and as closely as I can to what I used to do and you know we, we might find that we actually change our practices in some ways for the better that we find new ways of working and new ways of, of teaching and delivering our curriculum um, but I think it, you know it, it, it'll we'll have to see when we go back exactly how that looks but it's great that we're getting back I think that's really important and I think being in school and delivering the curriculum is far better than children being at home and, and, and you know, just getting the curriculum online. And I'll put the same question to you, James. I mean, can uh, students going to the Sacred Heart expect changes? Will there be things you're going to do from September onwards that you haven't done in the past or will there be things you did in the past that you won't be doing? Well, look, Ken, that there will be, no doubt, a greater use of technology and the teaching and learning and you might find uh, situations where the students can home leave them without uh, their school books and copies and taking the tablet home uh, where possible. And, and look, I think, you know, if I can make the point that we shouldn't underestimate the adaptability of, of students in, in terms of, of dealing with this. You know, the public health advice is to minimise the risk of, of introducing COVID to the schools, but managing the risk uh, of spread through the schools. But, you know, if we take a balanced, common-sense approach uh, to this, I think students will step up to the mark, and certainly, as, as Marie said there, like you know, will probably certainly teachers, I'm sure, will will benefit from uh, whatever changes need to happen. As I said, technology, you know, we basically were um, had to get stuck into it when when the schools closed in March. It was a shock to the system for for staff and students alike. The fact that the students are going to be in school, I think it's going to be. It's going to support that the teaching and learning through technology will be a bit more structured. Students will be in school. You know, we we the difficulty in some cases where you're, you're chasing students up or, or maybe they just didn't have the facilities at home. Uh, so hopefully that that's, those sort of issues will be negated by having the students in school with the teachers. OK, we're going to have to leave it there. We wish all teachers and schools the best of luck in the coming weeks and months. I'm sure a lot of parents will be delighted that their children are returning to school. They can get what could be classed as some sense of normality back into their lives after a very uh, long and difficult summer. That's Finnegale Councillor Maria Doyle, a teacher at CBS Primary in Dundalk, and Fianna Fáil Councillor James Byrne, who's a secondary school teacher of business uh, and maths at the Sacred Heart School in Drogheda. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.